Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Woo! Welcome to All Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by... Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier market and tap room with eight different Western New York locations. Open 10.30 a.m. till, actually no, 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. and later with live trivia, entertainment, and music at all eight locations, seven nights a week. Make sure you check out Fatty Beer Company, one of Western New York's only kid and dog-friendly bars. One day I'll get that perfect on the first of times. One day. Um, and of course, Buffalo go apparel, one of the best places to get all of your Buffalo sports apparel needs, whether it's your shirts, your hats, your hoodies, Buffalo go really does have it all. One of the best hats they probably carry the NFL shield, Buffalo football, trucker cap, really golden and look out. They're going to be starting to produce our merchandise very, very soon. They started to tease that actually on their Instagram page. So make sure you go check it out at Buffalo go co on Instagram and Twitter at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. Sabres win 7-2-0. Holy shit. They went to the net. They did the thing. And they won. They had five goals from going to the net tonight, to be precise. Connor, you watch the game. Give me your thoughts. People out here in L.A. are just absolutely devastated right now. The the three the three L.A. fans, the L.A. Kings fans that exist in this city are just besides themselves. Um it was it was refreshing to say the least. Were they Obviously, all in your living room? Watching yeah, the game it's, you? it's yeah. There's there's quite literally probably less than a thousand. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, it was cool to see. Uh, I think we're having a much different conversation about this team had they actually scored a couple goals uh, against the Stars and the Blues. I thought they played pretty well in both games against the Stars, especially. And if they had, I mean, that would have been a five game win streak, and then they would have been right back in it. But unfortunately, consistency has been the uh, the killer this season. But tonight, as you said, they went to the net. They uh, had some jam. They uh, cycled the puck. They uh, had a forecheck. They did all the things that they haven't been doing to score goals. Uh, the things that they did last season, the things that they've done in seasons prior uh, that they haven't done this year. So uh, it's encouraging, I guess. Uh, the Kings have not been good recently. I've, I follow them relatively closely just being out here. They fired a coach a couple weeks ago, ever since uh, the Sabres came back from that, that deficit uh, a few weeks ago. So it's not like we can say that this is going to be the turning point for, for this team to make the playoffs. But you got some contributions up and down the lineup, and it's somewhat encouraging, and it's it's nice for a change to, to see a seven-goal seven output from this team finally. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to point out, we talked about production up and down the lineup. Tage Thompson, zero points tonight. Are we concerned? I think he's still dealing with something. Uh, he obviously hasn't looked too great coming out of the all-star break. He was looking really good there for a minute. And I think he had some good chances tonight. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is at this point. I, I think that's, that's a good, uh, <laughs> it's a good representative of the entire season. The fact that cousins, Tage and Tuck and even Skinner recently haven't produced. Um, so that's unfortunate, and that's something that obviously needs to be worked on. And 
I, I attribute some of that at least to the system that they've been playing and the lack of production they've gotten around the net and the ability to get him in an open in open spaces. So yeah, it's concerning, but it's been concerning for most of the year. So we'll air it on hockey hotline here momentarily, but that was obviously a big topic from a couple of our callers. Like, why were you unable to have this type of effort below the dots all season? And where would this team be had they, you know, put forth this effort in front of the net all season? That's that's what's the most concerning thing to me is why did it take your coach calling you out essentially in a post game for you to do this? And I'm not buying in. I tweeted it when it was 3 nothing. I don't care if they scored four goals after that. I'm not buying into this right now. Because we've seen them win games six nothing this season. Um, it, did they win a game almost eight? Was it eight nothing? Uh, nine to three against the uh, against the Blue Jackets. No, the Leafs. Right, and that was after. Was, a nine yeah, there was a couple pretty high scoring games. Listen, I'm not buying into it. I'm just not. No, LA has been a freaking nightmare. Has been a, a train wreck the second half of this season. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna I, show me. Get me three games in a row. Win me three games in a row for the first time this season, and then you'll have me back. But until then, I refuse to buy in. Yeah. No, I mean, they haven't given us reason to believe uh, that they've been able to put this type of effort together consistently. You've got the Panthers at home on Thursday night, one of the better teams in the league. So that's going to be a challenge, uh, obviously. And then I think they're on the road against the Wild on Saturday, who aren't amazing, but... Still two tough games to to get that three-game win streak. So unless they do, yes, we cannot be naive and uh figure as though this is the the turning point for this team because they've given they've shown that they've had these types of games and then the next game they come out and they can't do anything. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the one thing that is reason for optimism, and it, it, I saw a chart earlier today that the Sabres were one of the worst, actually, no, the literal worst team in the league creating chances and scoring goals off the cycle in the forecheck this season. There, there are ways to quantify that, and they have not done that at all. And I, I think that's a product of the type of player that's on this team for the most part and guys not doing what they need to do to get to the tough areas. But yep. they did that tonight, uh, Jordan Greenway specifically. Uh, and I think he's been doing that most of the season. Obviously, he's not putting up crazy numbers, but he's one of the few guys on this team that does get to the front of the net, that lays a couple hits in the offensive zone and creates problems for, for other teams defensively and getting out of their own zone. So obviously need more of that, and you can't just have him. you got to have all the guys that contributed tonight. So it's a good sign, but, yeah, it's it might be a little bit too late. Yeah, uh, hopefully – you know, we had, we heard a lot about from Kevin Adams today uh, when he was went on WGR um, about the rumors mill surrounding Casey Middlestead, which me and you haven't really been able to talk about. Uh, that was essentially started by after the whistle. I think you know the rumor was that they're listening on Casey Middlestead. It's a shoppy, but they're listening, which I think they'd be stupid not to. Personally, I think you should be listening to all players on this team, with that with the exception of a small handful. Um, and then, you know, that made its way to Elliot Friedman. Elliot Friedman talked about it on 32 Thoughts. Um, so he kind of put that to bed about the fact that they're not shopping him. They're not making calls about him, but they are listening. He also talked about Alex Tuck not being, um, you know, on the market. Like, they're not shopping him. Um, they're not listening on Yuri Kulik. That's another name. Um, he mentioned that Devin Levi's time in Buffalo isn't done probably yet they're going to reevaluate in three to four weeks, which I agree with, um, you know, let him cook for a month in Rochester and see where you're at. Uh, another thing too, is that they're not going to be looking for picks and prospects uh, via trade deadline. They're looking to make their team better now and next year. Like to hear that. And there was also a big topic of conversation about Terry Pagula and his involvement. And he essentially, and I expect the GM to say this, that he's in on every meeting, he's watches every game, this, that, and the other. Like, listen, I, I fully expect the GM who was unqualified for the position to say that about the guy who hired him. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, so I think there there's what Kevin's saying, what we think, and the truth, which is somewhere in the middle. Do I think Terry is as involved as Kevin say he is? I don't know about that. I think he's more involved now that the bill season's over. 
But uh, a lot from Kevin Adams uh, today on the state of the team and the ownership. Yeah, I I would say that Terry definitely does watch every game. I I think that it would be very surprising if he didn't. The reason he bought the team in the first place is because he grew up a Sabres fan. So I think he is a fan first. And I've never uh, thought that he wasn't, that he doesn't care about the team. It's just more so that we've talked about that given that he now – owns the bills as well. And it's a, it's a higher profile franchise and it's more nationally relevant and it's a league that creates more revenue and makes him more money that he focused more of his energy into the bills, which can also be true. So I didn't, I didn't find any of the things that Kevin Adams said about Terry to be particularly surprising. As, as you said, I do he, he probably is in on some amateur scouting meetings. I'm sure he talks to Kevin Adams daily. Uh, but that also is not the same thing as getting the things that we've requested improvements to the arena, uh, mm-hmm. director of hockey operations, uh, a legitimate coaching staff surrounding a guy that, yeah, like we all felt really good about in Don Granado last season, but now not so much. Another first time head coach. So, yeah, I, I, I get think. Get used to it. Not to wrap, but get used to it because no, there's no I, chance I they're firing him. No, I don't think, I don't necessarily think they will either. And also, I don't. As much as he's been frustrating this season with some of the lineup changes, I don't necessarily think he's the problem. I really don't. Um, if he didn't install this system that created this offensive stagnantness that they had this year, then yeah, that's a huge issue. But it's mostly the power play. That I, I, you tweeted out earlier, they're a playoff caliber team at five on five, and they've been really good this year for the most part. But the power play has been abysmal. They're 29th in the league coming into tonight, and they got a, a couple goals on the power play tonight. And that's just unacceptable, especially given where they were last season, which was a top 10 unit for most of the year. Mm-hmm. So who's ever in charge of that power play? And it's on the players as well for not executing. But it's been mostly the same and boring and dull and ineffective the entire season. So I think that's that's the main reason. For our boy, Ty B. So J.J. Paterka scores whenever I'm in attendance. Who is willing to donate me season tickets so we can all bet JJ to score 41 games a year and become rich? Um, he also he also has a JJ Paterka jersey, which I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of after this year. 100 uh, percent leading team's leading scorer. Did he get? Did he have two tonight? No, he had no one. Only, only one. But he's got 19 now. 19 on the season, one away from 20. Which is surprise. Oh, here's a surprising thing. That'll be the team's first 20 goal scorer. It'll be J.J. Paterka. Well, given, um, the, given the way it's gone, I'm, I'm not particularly surprised. Well, no, but to start the season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, you know, if you would have told me J.J. Paterka would be the only 20-goal scorer at this point of the season, I would have told you you're an, you're an idiot. Unless some, there were a, a, a huge ring of – a huge string of uh, of injuries, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but here we are. Uh, some more comments here from the peanut gallery before we get over to Hockey Hotline. Um, finally, a fun game to watch. Sadly, but expected Olsen was invisible tonight. I forgot that he was playing, to be honest with you. Um, he didn't need to do anything. So <laughs> No, no, but uh, that was a thing, too. I think he was asked about it, and he has approached Kevin about being moved. Um, and I think he definitely needs For a change sure, of scenery. But like, who's going to take him? <laughs> I really, Somebody will, man. Somebody I, will. That, I, I that, con- so. that contract is is almost like – it's it's untenable given the fact that he's making a little over four million dollars a year and not producing. Like it, that, I think that's the reason he hasn't been traded yet is because that contract is so. How high. much term is left on that contract? It's got to be at least two years. I or maybe a year, maybe two, but that is the reason he hasn't been trading is is because of that. He signed a two year nine nine point five million dollar contract with the Sabers, including nine point five million guaranteed and an annual average of four point seven five. He signed that. I'm guessing it was last year. It was only a two year deal. Yeah. So, so either way, there's maybe next year is the last is the last year of that deal. Definitely another. No, year. no, dude. It's done after this season. Is it? He's he he is a free agent next year. I'm not sure. If, I, that would be UFA too, correct? It's confusing sometimes, but potentially. I, I am I'm genuinely not too sure. Maybe somebody in the in the peanut gallery can give us an idea. Is that? RFA status because if that's RFA status, that becomes a little bit more valuable for any team acquiring acquiring them because they control his rights. 
or if it's UFA status, I mean, he's a rental, but a very cheap rental at that, at the deadline for a team looking for power play help, and which I think he could give a team power play help given the right circumstance. Yeah. Um, Benson finally scores at home. Beautiful goal. Absolutely beautiful. Really, really nice. He's only scored nice goals this year for the most part. Uh, yeah. In, he, in he admitted to, uh, we'll go over the post-game comments too after Akiala and uh, uh, being in a slump um, too. From Ricky's channel, whatever coach meatballs didn't practice work, don't change anything. How do you boys like UPL sharp black and red pads? So uh, good. Love them. They're, uh, they are super nice. Very, so very good. Nice. Very clean. Everything about everything about his setup is, is yeah. amazing. I'm uh it's a one game winning streak from Kevin. Hans, I am heartened but refuse to get excited. You're I'm right there with you, bud. Um I I, I won't buy in until I see three wins in a row. Levi will probably play the back-to-back March 2nd and 3rd, possibly. Uh, we'll see. We're not really trying to speculate when he'll play, just kind of reiterating what Adam said. Uh, 6-0 and when Bryson is in the lineup. I was is gonna, this the new if, Samuelson if, talking point from last year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe it is. I was, I was going to say that, and uh, I was going to have him as one of my three stars tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. But we'll that. that's out of the bag. Jacob Bryson – is the linchpin to this team. He might be. While that Skinner and Tage didn't make the score sheet in a 7 nothing blowout. Yeah, he said that's top of the show. Tage, no points tonight. I, yeah. I, I'm blown away by that. Yeah. Um, I Greenway, had, uh, however, having his best game as a saber. Yeah, he's three points plus four. Really, really good. I had uh, Paterka to score a goal parlayed with uh, Casey Middlestat point, which, which was plus 450. Yeah. And thankfully, Casey got an assist late in the game. But uh, – yeah, that's just the way it's been going recently for those two. Benson, one of the best. What's his goal song? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Somebody, uh, Peter Fitzgerald, can you let us know in the comments what his goal song is? We have no idea. Uh, I told everyone he was putting up 30 this year, JJ Paterka. Uh, you heard it there first. You know, uh, Ty B. Before the season, we said 50-plus points for him. So I think we did. We're definitely definitely like an unsung hero of the team. Or under yeah. the radar type player when we had uh, Matthew Fairburn on. Would have expected a 25-25. He will, he will the be a UFA this ops this night next season. So um, but yeah, I mean the goal scoring has obviously been great, and he's been the reason we've won uh 20. I mean, there's not he's not been the reason we won 23 games, but he's been a big reason they've won as many games as they have. So <laughs> uh yep, undefeated at 4.75 this year or Sorry, undefeated UFA. is the name of the song. Charlie. Undefeated by Charlie yeah. on a Friday. Undefeated Charlie on a Friday. Okay, I'll have to give the that name, one a. Re- I'll have to give the that artist one a is to Charlie that. on a Friday, who's a very popular artist these days, especially for the, I just uh, especially for for Gen Z, the young kids. So <laughs> we're gonna kick it over here to Hockey Hotline for the next couple minutes, and then we'll come right back to you. Uh, here is Hockey Hotline, and welcome to Hockey Hotline. Brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier market and tap room here on Hockey Outline. Our first caller, we're going to go to Matt, also known as Paramat Pictures. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? Sabres win 7 0. Uh, tell me what you're thinking. We're less than a month away from the trade deadline. Um, we all know what we want, but is there any particular player you were looking for? Or, I don't know, fingers crossed? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to decide. Um, we don't really know what's available. We hear what's rumored available. I think what they need right now is definitely more players that are going to fill out your bottom six. Uh, maybe a top six guy. I, I think bottom six. I think your top six going forward is really, uh, you know, kind of set, especially with some of the younger talent you're going to have coming in. Uh, I, I, for me, I would love to see a guy like Boone Jenner, Blake Coleman, uh, 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 Mackenzie Weger. Uh, a, a top four defenseman, somebody like that that can score, but also play a physical style. Um, doesn't have to be Mackenzie Weger, but somebody like that. You hear, hear about Brett Pesci. Um, you hear about uh, uh, Noah Hannafin a lot. But for me, I need somebody that's going to be able to play with Owen Power, something they should have figured out uh, last offseason. Um, and I think that that is only going to come via trade. Uh, thanks, Matt, for hopping on. We're going to kick things over to... The man, the myth, the legend, Jake, returning caller. Jake, how the hell are you doing? Sabres win 7 nothing. Let me know what you're thinking. 
Everybody's going to be uh, talking about the offense. I, I can count on both hands on how many players played very well tonight, but how about the stretch that UPL has had? Saw a stat before the game was on MSG. Over the last eight games that he's played, 1.68 goals against average, 9.36 save percentage. Gets another shot tonight. I think he faced around like 28, 30-something shots. So how about him? Praise our goaltender, man. He's our clear, cut, and dry number one. Uh, I can't disagree with you there. UPL has looked great. Um, hopefully uh, – the, consi- the consistency thing has been put to bad with him. Um, I, I, I would I would expect you know he would ho- probably have a stinker at some point. It's going to happen. We you can't you can't really expect him to maintain this level of play every single game. But the fact that he's been able to for the for the last you know six seven games has been very 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 impressive. Um, I, I I couldn't I can't I have so many good things to say about how uh, Ukopaka Lukin has played. Um, you know, it makes it tougher to to put Comrie in that. That's for sure, especially True. with the spot that they're in right now in the season. The hole they kind of dug themselves. Um, and it just goes to show if the team could have at least given all of their goaltenders some goal support, like they gave UPL tonight. Um, if they could have played this well defensively to the start, the, you know, the first half of the season, where they could be right now in the standings. Um, definitely a lot to think about, especially as we approach the deadline. Jenks. Jake, thanks for hopping on, man. We're going to kick things over to Mr. Chris Dirk, returning caller. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, Sabres win 7 nothing. Um, give me your thoughts, bud. So, Dwayne, what do you want to talk about? You tell me, bud. You called in. Well, hey, I'm just sorry. Had to get that out there. Hashtag, we want Cody. Oh, no. I see what you did there. Oh, wow. See, I am a terrible Cody Rhodes fan now. I didn't catch on to that. Uh, <laughs> but, but honestly, I felt like this was one of their better defensive games also, but it's kind of sad that it was also without one of your number one defensemen. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, not having Owen power in there is a bummer. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. Hopefully it's it, from what we've, uh, uh, from what we've been made to understand, it's, Probably be only be a couple of games, which is nice, but um, unfortunately, fortunately, but unfortunately, you know the Sabers didn't miss a beat tonight without him. Score seven goals, get the shutout. UPL's fourth shutout of the season. Um, still, still, still a guy that you're gonna miss uh, if he has to miss. If he does, in fact, miss any extended amount of time. But from uh, what we've heard so far, it's not. Uh, it's not a very significant injury. Maybe two to three games, it sounds, my guess. So uh, any final thoughts there, Chris, before we uh, kick it over? Well, the thing is, is that I know people are going to be kind of complaining that, you know, Thompson, Cousins, wish you saw more. But guess what? If you if you have your entire team finding ways to win like this every night, I'll take it. Yeah, me too, man. Um, Unfortunately, you kind of hope that, Unfortunately, it took the coach calling out the effort and the lack of net presence for them to uh, for them to have a game like this. And I'm not really buying into tonight's game. I'll take it for what it is, a great effort after your coach calls you out. Now the key is you have to continue to play with this type of effort. This They scored five goals tonight by going to the net. Yeah, I agree. It's it, 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 that's That's, you know, just imagine what, could it be right now in the standings if they've been doing this all season? Um, thanks again, Chris, for calling in. Uh, we are going to kick it over to our next caller, uh, Jonathan Reddy. John, thanks for calling in, bud. Uh, you are on Hockey Hotline. What are you thinking? Um, very nice win, but it's a shame that the season's pretty much lost. I want to ask you what your thoughts on what Kevin Am said earlier today. Well, first of all, what I want to ask about. about Terry Pagula and what he said that Pagula is usually in on this on the um he's he, he, he Terry Pagula asked questions and um d- d- during the, the during the scouting department uh, did, did, did you hear what Terry said today Yeah yeah I'll I'll pick it up from there that how how involved Terry is with with the team uh you know he's at every he's watching every game he's in in all the meetings scouting like listen I, I think the GM is supposed to say that. I mean, he don't think he's going to throw his 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 owner under the bus, especially the owner that showed enough faith in him to make him the GM. Do I believe all that? I mean, I believe there there's the truth. There, I, I believe 
there's what he's saying, what we believe in the truth. I think it's probably somewhere in between. Um, I think maybe Terry Pagula is a lot more involved now, especially the Bills season is over. But uh, I find it hard-pressed to believe he's there every single day uh, with the way the season has gone, um, with there being no changes at all, at all, uh, especially on the coaching staff, not not necessarily Granado, but maybe the people around him. Um, in terms of the way they're going to handle the trade deadline, I like the fact that they're not looking for you know futures and picks. It's They, they want players that are going to help them now. I do like that Alex Tuck is off the table because I think he's a – going to be a very integral part of getting this team back to the playoffs. Um, and I, I do, I, I like what he said about Levi. He's going to reevaluate Levi after about a month in Rochester. I, I don't think Levi's season is done in Buffalo. We probably will see him again. I imagine uh, depending on how the season's going. Um, I liked everything that Kevin Adams had to say, but I take it with a grain of salt in terms of the owner. Yeah, I will agree with that. I mean, Kevin Adams did say the right things, but I really wish he had done these things back in the, the in the in the off season when, yeah. The problem is he's doing the right thing. It's not like he wants to do the right thing. The problem is he's doing it too late to save the season. It looks like he wants to keep building for the future, building for the future. It's like uh, we've been waiting 13 years, so the time to win is now. Yep, agreed. Uh, and that that's the way the mindset should have been all season. And the only move that Kevin Adams made was for a guy who was playing in the AHL and Eric Robinson. And unfortunately that was too little too late. Uh, you know, it would take almost a miracle right now for this team to make the playoffs. Uh, thanks for calling in, John. Love the Tyler on his Jersey. Uh, we are going to kick things back over to all hang up and listen uh, right now. And that was all hang up and or, I'm sorry. That was hockey hotline. Uh, one of our newer segments on the post game show here. I'll even listen. Uh, any thoughts on anything any, uh, our callers had to say? Chris, John, Matt, and um, who was the uh, fourth caller? I can't. I can't remember. It was such a long time ago. It was like five minutes ago. Chris. Um, it was Chris. It was Chris, John, uh, Chris, John, Matt, and Jake. Sorry. Uh, any thoughts on any, any of our four callers? Yeah, um, just a little bit more on UPL. I think it's it's necessary to point out how good he's been. Uh, I think. One of our callers listed off his stats over the past like month or so, and they are some of the best in the league. He's been a top five goalie in the NHL, I think, since January 1st and maybe even some parts into December. So it gets into the discussion as as we've been having intermittently throughout the year. What is that? What does this look like for the future? Is he your number one goalie, at least for the next year or so? Obviously, pending what happens with Devin Levi. Uh, they've been developing UPL for what, two, three years now. People have been waiting for him to get to this level, to have this level of consistency, to be this guy who won Finland a World Junior Championship, who was the best goalie in the OHL, who was a second-round draft pick. He's got the prototypical build. He had the athleticism, and then he had double hip surgery. But every indication that we've seen from him over the past month and a half, two months or so, and honestly, for most of the year, is that he's been really good, and he started the year as your third goalie. So... It's a discussion you have to have, and also especially coming up, the fact that he's a restrict, restricted free agent. I think that a potential good bridge, I've seen it a lot online. There was one in our group chat earlier mm-hmm. today, is potentially three years, $4 million per year. I, I think that's fair given what he's done and what his projection is going to be. Um, I would absolutely not trade him. I just saw, uh, I think, Joe Marino. Uh, or someone else on, on Sabres Twitter uh, put out a poll. Is, is he your goalie of the future? Is he your number one right now? Or the value is high. Would you trade him for another goalie or or someone else? I would absolutely absolutely well, not do that. I, I'm not going to say I don't want them to trade UPL because I think you could put yourself in a situation like Boston's in right now. Um, I don't think UPL is going to cost you a ton on a three-year deal. Um, seeing as this is the first time he's ever sustained a stretch like this in his career. So I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to say he doesn't win like goalie of the month. Right. (laughs) The way he's going, like, absolutely. At the very least. Um, And I don't think any team's going to offer sheet him either. So that's the, uh, I don't know about that, man. Cause offer sheets never happen. They do though. They do though. Um, I don't think, I don't think it would happen for a guy who before this year hasn't been consistent. I personally think it could happen just because from a business standpoint, 
at the end of the day, hockey is a business. Obviously, we're far under the cap, far under the most others. Some teams don't like maybe the competitive advantage that the Sabres might have. Maybe they do what Edmonton did to Buffalo with Thomas Vanek. You know, they up an offer sheet on him. Maybe they offer $6 million a year for over three or four years, and they force Buffalo in the corner. Hey, sign it. You want to keep him? You don't want to run into an all-mark situation? Then you got to sign him. Um, I, I, I hope can totally. If I was a GM, either A, looking for a goalie, or in the division looking to really stick it to Buffalo, and I knew they were going to sign sign him to that offer sheet, why not? This is a business. Um, yeah, but you also have to be responsible and throwing out $6 million a year to a guy who's had three quarters of one good season in the NHL would not be a responsible move. So, no, but I, I'm just saying in the sense of, you yeah. know, ha, you know, trying to, trying to rid a team of their competitive advantage of no, having I, so much room on the salary cap because you were proactive and signed these players to contracts based I, on their expected ceiling or the glass ceiling that is. Um, and I actually, in a group, a different separate group chat, shout out to the Buffalo sports city, as my buddy uh, Z mentioned, to your point, trading UPL if you don't think he's your goaltender of the future. I mean, what would you get? What would you get? I don't want to trade him, but hypothetically, what would you get for UPL? I mean, you would have to get a goalie back. And the goalies that you hear about on the market and you have been hearing about on the market are John Gibson and UC Saros. And the, they would be going to teams that, kind of on the rebuild, uh, haven't had much success in a long time in Anaheim and Nashville. So you'd get one of those two guys back. If it's for UC Saros, you'd probably have to give something in addition to, to UPL to get UC Saros. Um, and John Gibson would be potentially a veteran compliment to Devin Levi. So I'm not entirely sure. And it, it's and that's why it's such an interesting discussion because this is relatively new for him. Like he hasn't yeah. done this for that long. He looks really good, and he's proving a lot of people right in terms of where his projection was and where he was back in 2018 and 2019 and why we were so excited about him. I just think that if he keeps this up over the next couple months and makes this team competitive and keeps them in these games and as he has been doing, that Kevin should be proactive about this and get getting that bridge deal done. And I think he would be. I think he yeah. would be. UC Saros, uh currently Nashville's at seventh in their division. Um they're tied with the Devils right now, 2-2. He has respectable numbers on a bad team. Uh, yeah, I mean, that. it's not the best season of his, his career, but he's no. he's been largely pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's probably been one of the better players on that team on a bad team um, for the most part. Uh, some more comments here from Brandon. Jacob Bryson. Do we know what that means? Nope. Uh, lose... Lose maybe loose lose Owen Power. I don't maybe, know. uh, maybe I'm sorry for our ignorance, Brandon. But you want to uh, maybe give us a better idea of what that means? <laughs> Finally, forwards and defense and playing direct heading to the net. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonder we're gonna see. Uh, so he, we missed him in the last couple of shows. Uh, la, uh, la to you. Uh, Samuelson and Power out, and the defense looked its best all season. Um. For for the power conversation, don't get me wrong. This hasn't been his best year defensively, but we've all seen it, uh, with him the way he moves the puck up the ice and what he has to offer offensively. By no means should people be trying to start the narrative, get rid of Owen Power. He's a soft, you know, you're potentially getting rid of a future possible Victor Hedman type player. He was he was second in Calder voting last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's just dumb. It's just a dumb thing conversation to have. He has don't get me wrong. And I was right there with the guys. I I was. People might even blame me for starting that narrative because I was the one that put that live vote out about benching him mid game because he looked fucking atrocious for like five games in a row and he wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing with any confidence. He was making boneheaded, stupid mistakes. You probably remember that. Um, but by no means are you training Owen Power or do you actually think this team in the long term is better without him? No, no way. No way. No way. No how. You look at teams that have won multiple cups, your Tampa Bay's, your Chicago Lightning, your LA Kings, they all had, had blueprints similar to what Buffalo has had, especially on the blue line. 
There's no way I'm trading Owen Power. Um, on the side note, more from Ty B. My buddy was the salute to service member today. They gave him an autographed Darlene jersey before the upcoming stoppage, and in, and then Darlene scored. Incredible moment. Uh, get us his name, Ty. Let's give him a shout out uh, when you have a chance if you're still watching. Uh, from Mauricio, LA Kings defense and caught the puck all night. Unforced errors. Baker dozens. Chefs turnovers. Chefs turnovers. LA Kings goalie looks shaky. Talking cousins need to step up their games consistently every game. Uh, I definitely agree there. Um, you I need your cousins. Cousins guy. that block. That block at the end of the game where he took it off his back. Did you see that? Yeah, that was incredible. Unbelievable. Stayed on the ice. He also got the puck to the net on the Oposo goal. Obviously, he hasn't been scoring. That's been his main issue. But over the past like three, four weeks or so, I, I do think Cousins has returned his his game to. He's definitely got. He's definitely playing more like the guy he was last year. Obviously, this whole team has struggled to score. You know, not name except for Casey Milstadt and and JJ Paterka, but. You know, Cousins game does look at his turnaround. I do agree with you what you said at the top of the show about Tage. I think he's been playing hurt since like the first two weeks of the season. I, I just and I, I think I, it's multiple I think things. Tuck, too. I think Tuck has too. Yeah. Well, Tuck's been playing hurt since like this two weeks leading into the season. Yeah. Before so. game one, even. And like when you get hurt like that, like you don't have time to rehab. You know what I mean? You know, and especially when you're already in a hole like the, like they were the first couple weeks in, it's not like you can go to Don Granado or Kevin and say, "Hey, man, I need time off. I need to rehab." No, you want you you want to be there for your team and you want to play through it. And you don't you want to look soft and then, but in turn, it's it's actually hurt the team in a lot of ways. So, uh, more from Mauricio. I missed the entire game. I'm shot. The good luck charm is not watch any more games if they continue winning. Next game we have stiff competition in Florida. Thompson is struggling. Um, yeah, as we mentioned, Tage just – I think the first glimpse of we've seen of a healthy Tage Thompson was when he finally scored from his office uh, a couple of – was it a game ago or a couple of games ago? Uh, blew it by him top corner, um, over 100-mile-per-hour slap shot. That's the Tage we all love and miss. I still think even tonight, like, a couple moments where he really stood out, but other than that, he was pretty invisible tonight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like we said, it could be injury, could be a variety of different things. I think Skinner's hurt too, uh, since he was out for a few games. I think it was McKinnon that shoved him into the boards and he had an upper body injury and he was out after that, but uh, he basically has been invisible as well. So your top line's not producing. That's been the case all year. And it's it's the reason they are where they are along with the power play being absolutely brutal. But a lot of those guys are on that unit. Yeah, then you're handcuffing yourself and the cap is not worth it um, in terms of signing uh, UPL. And again, I was just playing devil's advocate. I wasn't saying that he should get paid $6 million, But in a business that is sports, I mean, a team offering something ridiculous like that, like over five, you know, putting Buffalo in a, in a much worse cap position, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, to put it that least, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Watch out for Ottawa. They're playing well. How many points currently are we behind the last wild card position? 10, 10. And listen, I think at this point last season, if we were playing like this, that'd be a much bigger number. Wouldn't it be? Cause I think the East was, it was, there was, there wasn't as much parity in the East this uh, last year as there is this year in terms of how tight it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely, there's, there's definitely more uh, parity towards the bottom of the, the divisions and in the wild card race. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was your opportunity uh, just like the bills down here for the conference and it's tough. It's tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, for us to take this seriously again, win these next two, and then we can at least start talking about it again. But until then it, it, it's a good game, but it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Agreed. Um, from Jack O'Connor, uh, sign Gensel and Pesci in the off season and run it. I love Jake Gensel and I love Brett Pesci. Um, Brett Pesci is a movie that you should have made last year. Great, great point by my boy OC there. I, uh, Oh, it's your boy, talk. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the program. Uh, Walter, been, is he, did I meet him? Uh, you might've, I'm not sure. Was that, was uh, that at Gabriel Gabe's gate? Yeah. I don't, th I don't think he was there for that. Oh, okay. I did uh, not meet him. Uh, he's a devoted listener, but I, love I, it. Say, I absolutely love it. As we've been talking, uh, Brett Pesci would be 
an unbelievable addition to this team. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the defensive presence on the blue line that they've been lacking for a long time. We thought we had it in Samuelson. Turns out he might not be that, and he also is made of glass. So you need a guy that can be consistent and durable back there. And uh, Jake Gensel, an unbelievable scorer. I think he's benefited from being on line with Sidney Crosby. He's more of a, a Chris Kunitz. Uh, was like He's better than Chris Kunitz, but I think that he has benefited from playing in that system and being on that power play. I do think he's really good, and it would depend on how much we could sign him for. Uh, but a guy like that who has consistently produced in this league for a really long time to add to your top six, middle six, is absolutely necessary for this team. Couldn't agree more. Um, best one game winners in the league. I can't get. Hey, hey. Disagree. We're going to. And in the Goathead jersey. Why not? Is, I think, weirdly, given that they played so well against the Stars and they got injured, the St. Louis, the Blues game was weird. The Greenway high stick was a horrible, horrible call. I think they could easily have tied that game. We're having an entirely different conversation if those two those two games go differently, and then this game happens. We're right back in it. So they've played well against the best teams in the league, right? You got Florida coming into your building on Thursday night, coming off a 7-0 win against a pretty good L.A. team. This is the momentum that you need. This is the momentum that can – potentially get you back in that conversation. So I think this could be it. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to be optimistic. Yeah. Uh, if the Sabres go on a five to six game heater without power, does that change anything? No. Without, uh, without power in the building, without uh, power, He's back in the lineup. without power in their homes. What, what type of power are we talking about? He's talking about Owen power. Oh, well, if we're talking about Owen power, no, it doesn't change anything. He's back in the lineup. <laughs> you just paid that guy $8 million a year. He's, he's just... back in the lineup. Yes, um, he, he's 20 years old and hasn't been that good defensively. But if you want to give up on own power, you're doing yourself a disservice. 100%. Think we make any significant additions at the deadline? I think Calgary is a team to talk about, right? I think Calgary is a team that has team players that are on term. players. Rasmus that, Anderson. Rasmus Anderson. There's three, four, there's three guys. Rasmus Anderson. There's Nazem Kadri. And there's Blake Coleman, three guys. I think you can easily insert into this lineup and they fill, especially Kadri and Coleman that fill, like I've been talking about, like I've been begging for their skilled role players. Kadri obviously coming off an MVP level year last season two years ago, um, is going to more of a, more of a skill skill set player, but he gives you some of those, you know, attributes that you just don't have up and down. He's your hard line. Huh? He's hard to play against. He's annoying. Other oh, teams hate him. He's a pest. Yeah. He's an absolute pest. That's exactly what they need. Um, a little bit on the older is, side, but I, I would I would welcome any addition to the forward group, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, those would those would be those would be two really in three. I mean, I, we've been talking about Anderson for a long time, especially for the defense. But yeah, obviously the forward group needs uh, needs a little bit of jam. They need to need a little bit more playmaking, a little bit more scoring. So that would be great. How do you feel about Mackenzie Weger? Uh, gosh, I picked him up in fantasy this year, and he's been unbelievable. I don't know if he'd be available, but he's been so good. He's a top 15, top 20 defenseman in the league this year. He's doing everything. 14 goals. Shot, shot, like point production, shots, block shots, hits. He he's. I think he's – I can look it up, but he's ranked in the top 40 of fantasy hockey of all players. Because he does everything. Like yes. he is, he's been incredible all around the ice on a team that's like obviously not incredible. So, yeah, I would, I would love that. But yeah, who knows if he would be available? Um, yeah, I, I think that, and not just obviously his ability to put the puck in the net and create offense. I think Uyghur is just, to your point about Kadri, a very tough player to play against. Yeah. He, he, he isn't your prototypical, you know, scoring defenseman. Like he, he, he's hard to play against. He's physical. He's not going to allow you. To, he's not going to puck watch in front of, in front of his own net. He's going to take the body. He's going to pick up sticks. He's going to move people around. He's going to make you think twice when you go into a corner, when you go, when you go to the front of the net in front of UPL, like he's not, he's not a guy to, to really just uh, ignore or not be, not be timid from, timid of. Uh, 
I, I love the idea of Mackenzie Weger. Repu- uh, reputation in this league matters. Like having guys it really, really players around the league know and know what type of player they are, that that brings you confidence to your group and also makes other teams a little bit more hesitant uh, coming into your building, going in your zone uh, a variety, in a variety of different ways. So, yeah, names like that w- would be great for this team. And they haven't happened, honestly, in a really long time, maybe since we signed Ryan O'Reilly and Evander Kane in the same offseason. It's it's been a while since they. Dude, since I remember made... being so excited. Yeah, I mean, then that was the first year of Jack Eichel. So, it. I mean, they the team hasn't produced well enough to get to that point where free agents have been willing to even come here. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of young talent. There is promise still, and I I do think there's a possibility. It seems like a lot of people in the chat want to talk about this. We'll keep going for a little bit. Um. Casey Middlestat, we did talk about that. He is listening on Casey. I'm assuming he's probably getting a call about Casey Middlestat almost every day, right? Like that's a maybe, guy. Yeah, maybe. But like, how serious can these calls be? Because I, hey, think, I, I would think they'd be pretty damn serious because he is an RFA. He's not a UFA, so that's a player's rights you still control. I but the asking price has to be enormous. Yeah, but so is the you you, you see the you see you see last year's deadline. I mean, we have to go back and look. The Sabres have, do, and I'm not – I want them to keep Casey Middlestad. I just want to be completely transparent about that. He's one of the best five-on-five five players in the – five-on-five five scoring players in the league. But if he is going to go, I think it would be smart for Buffalo to set the market themselves with Casey Middlestad. Because everybody waits for that first team to set the market price at, at the trade deadline. Why not be the first ones? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree just to make a bidding war, but at the same time, like I am already mad at what the return would be because I don't think it would be enough. He's not that superstar level that you're going to get something back. That's going to wow you. And it's going to, it's going to have that reputation or bring back someone with that reputation that we were talking about. Unless it was like Casey Middlestaff for Rasmus Anderson and Nazem Kondry in a pick or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So what you're going to be removing from your lineup in the return you're getting back, like I just – I can't see them being able to make a deal that would be worth it. I really don't, especially given the fact that he's 24 years old and he's entering the beginning of his prime right now. It's just – it would be really, really tough for me to justify it unless it was something – and unless you fleeced a team – which would be really hard to do because trades are hard to make in the NHL these days. It's, it's as simple as that. What if you got a guy like his name's been tossed around to, uh, it was uh, again, a name that was tossed around in 32 thoughts, a Boone Jenner and a defenseman, like you're a check even. I mean, you're a check's a, First round top pick. 10 pick three years ago. Uh, I don't know how old Boone Jenner is, but you're taking right now how old Boone Jenner is. Boone Jenner, who was an all-star this year, even though, I mean, take that for what you want. Boone Jenner is – why can't I find – there he is. Boone Jenner is at the young, ripe age of 30. So <laughs> my point is you'd be taking – a considerable amount of production out of your lineup, a lineup that doesn't really have production to, yeah, fortify your defensive forwards and also get a really, really good defensive prospect. But you'd be getting more back to fill out your lineup too. I mean. Would you be getting more besides those two players for, for just Casey Middlestat? I don't think so. For, for a guy, you have to remember, man, having a player's RFA rights, that matters to a lot of GMs. Like it, it, he's sure. not a rental. He's not a guy that you're just getting. You control his rights. You can send him to arbitration. He signs the yeah. arbitration deal. That's two years, just like we just had. With, with, with like I, I don't. That I don't know why a lot of teams in the National Hockey League. I just. I don't know why the Blue Jackets would do that. You know what I mean? Like it. It's just like that. That's a team that. I mean, I would. You want to be younger? Yeah, but the like I would like a Johnny Hockey coming back for Casey Middlestat. Like get they get rid of that contract, we get a proven guy who's still young, and they get a younger guy that they can rebuild with. I that's the type of thing that would make the splash that I would need. Uh, I think Johnny. Hockey you you would want you would want uh, Johnny Gaudreau. 
Yes. Uh, the what I'm saying. They're the same age. They are the same age. They're both thirty years old. Oh, Boone Jenner. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think Johnny Goudreau is still a top 20, 30 forward in the league. He's just been in a really bad situation in Columbus. So that, I mean, that just, that makes a splash in, in my opinion. And that's the type of thing that I would need by trading Casey Middlestad. It's not the best example because yeah, he is 30 years old, but I think Goudreau plays the type of game that he could play until he's 40. I really do. If you're get, if you're trading him to Calgary, We'll go back to Calgary for a Blake Coleman and a Mackenzie Weger. Are you saying yes? Yeah, just I mean maybe. Just that's got to be. The, I mean, given how good Weger's been at this point, man. Like if I'm just saying a situation if where he has to be traded. Yeah. I I want to make it clear again. I do not want to trade Casey Middlestead. But if you're in a situation where you don't want to pay him what he wants because we don't know what that number is, he wants to stay in Buffalo. We do know that. But what is that number? If it's a it's a number that Kevin doesn't want, and he's gonna trade him, how do you say no to a guy who, two guys that are still relatively young in the league, you, you've already saw he's a right-handed defenseman. There's your there there's your guy playing next to Owen Power right there, or maybe Darlene, whichever. Figure that out. That's done. I mean, I I, I we can go through names of players all night. Yeah, I'm just, team, but I, I would say that it's got to be for a relatively young guy who has produced consistently in the NHL, maybe not as much as Casey has over the past year and a half, and a quality defenseman. That is the 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 lowest point for that trade to happen for me. So, Yep. Middlestead asking price has to be a top four defenseman plus no picks. Completely agree there, Kevin. Um, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Kadri um, eliminates need for Middlestead third line center. Don't disagree with that. He would. What if it was Kadri? What if it was Kadri and Mackenzie Weger? I mean that. Yeah, I would do that in a second. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That's the I thing. So. That's the that's the type of deal that needs to happen for this for, but, for any of us to be happy, which and, I don't think is possible. And here, but here's my thing too about Casey is, and I've said it a couple of times. You've even said it a couple of times. We have too many of the same types of players on this team, perimeter players. I'm not saying that's Casey is, but right now he's your third line center. Which isn't a bad thing. Gosh, but I mean the way the way he's been playing, though he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be, but he yeah. is. Yeah, for sure. And I, 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 I'm believe me, I'm not giving up on Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. No, no, definitely not. But that that's who your third line center is. It, it it's Casey Middlestat. But um, he's he's a top six player. Like I agree. I, that's, I, that's, I agree. That's I agree thing. that if you if you blueprint this team to what you want to you want a blueprint this team to look like that 0506 team that was so unstoppable because you had so much depth down the middle. You want Casey Middlestat as your third line center. But at the end of the day, if he's going to ask for like seven or $8 million and Kevin is just shaking his head. No, like I can't do that. I mean, if I can bring in two guys, you know, for relatively $12 million combined, I'm not sure how much Mackenzie Weger makes. Twelve, thirteen million dollars combined, but they're gonna fill massive holes. They're gonna fill the hole that Casey Lillestat leaves. Give you that toughness, that grit, that jam that you don't have at all in your lineup. The most, the closest thing you got to right now is probably Jordan Greenway or Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs, um, and you're at, you're bringing in a bona fide top four defenseman, a guy who's gonna be there for a long time, who's going to solidify Owen Power or Rasmus Stalin's running mate. I'm saying yes. I'm driving him there uh, because what we've been doing, what the format has been, what the blueprint has been, has not worked. And it's not going to work if we keep running back these same players and the same mindset of being soft and not difficult to play against. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think we can play it by ear as, as, it, as it happens and, and more things come out. Come, come yeah. Where I think we're on the same page that, I would rather him stay, and if you trade him, you I agree. I want I want Casey Middlestead to be a Buffalo Saber for the foreseeable future. Uh, Akposo be on the first line still cracks me up. It's great. You want to know? You want to know why Tage Thompson didn't get on the score sheet tonight? That right there is probably the reason why. Yeah. Well, um, he got a goal himself. <laughs> Middlestead, Savoy, and a second round pick for Kadri and Uyghur. Yeah. Hard to say, but 
I would want I would want something else coming back. Yeah, for sure. Something else coming back, maybe a bottom six guy for sure. Uh, say we trade Mitts for who takes that second, third. Say we trade Mitts who takes that third line center spot. Um, whoever's coming back in that trade. Um, Blake Coleman to center again. We're speculating. We're playing GM for a day. Armchair GM, whatever. Um, you want to give me your uh, three stars of the night? Uh, first, uh, third star, uh, the undefeated Jacob Bryson, six zero and zero in the lineup. He had two points, two assists, and he was a plus four tonight. Plus minus, obviously, not the best indication of uh, if you played a good game or not, but plus four, pretty good in a seven nothing game. He had a really, really nice pass to Zach Benson uh, for his goal. And generally, I thought offensively, he's been pretty good this year when he has played, obviously, only six games. And defensively, he hasn't been a liability. So if he can be a little stopgap uh, when we have these injuries, I'm, I'm cool with it. Uh, second star, I'll go UPL. Uh, 33 saves in a shutout for his fourth of the year. I didn't necessarily think he had too many difficult saves tonight. I thought just generally the, the Sabres played pretty good defensively and the Kings were really bad, but he saves, he made the saves he needed to. And it's just another indication of how consistent he's been this year. And the first star, uh, Jordan Greenway, uh, two goals, one assist. I think he was plus four as well around the net all night, hitting people block shots. Uh, I'm not sure you're sure if they had a power play or not, uh, but he's always good on the penalty kill. He has the best game as, as a Sabre. And I think he's largely been really, really good this year. So, uh, yeah, more more types of players like Jordan Greenway, please, uh, moving forward. Um, two of my players are the same as two of yours. Um, my third star, we're going to kick it over to UPL. Normally, you give you put the guy who gets a shutout uh, higher up on that list. I tend to agree, but I'll give my reason for him being the third star with my second star. Second star, I'm going J.J. Paterka. J.J. got things rolling for them early, went to the net, Really set the tone uh, for getting them on the board. Um, led by example, a guy who has been probably one of the most consistent scorers all season, if not the most consistent next to the middle stat. Uh, I liked his game a lot. He was all over the ice. Um, that line they started with uh, was it was it uh, Greenway? Uh, what line was it? Greenway. The his line coming out right after the line that started. It was uh, they started with middle stat. Greenway and Tuck and then they went to JJ's line and they were all they just set the tone from right there after they got that early goal and I really I just felt like they really set the pace for the game there for that to for that to get out of hand as it did and I was a big fan of JJ's game tonight um yeah and then my first store first star same as yours um Jordan Greenway um Jordy had probably the best game of his Sabres career he was all over the ice all over the front of the net one of the only guys to your point earlier who always goes to the net. Um, I don't really know if I count Zach Benson because normally a kid like him uh, is expected to do all those things. Um, he hasn't really caught, you know, caught into those bad habits that we've seen a lot of these players in this team uh, get themselves deep into this year. But Jordan Greenway has been the constant below the dots. Um, loved his game tonight. Sure. Don Granado probably, you know, had nothing but good things to say about him. You know how much of how much Donnie loves him, uh, and put him in great positions uh, tonight to be, to succeed. Uh, other point scores for tonight: Greenway, as we stated before, two goals and assists for three points. Jacob Bryson with two points. Darlene with a goal and assist. JJ Paterka goal and assist. Alex Tuck a goal and assist. Zach Benson uh, getting uh, out of that goal scoring slump with a goal. Then Dylan Cousins, Ryan Johnson, Krebs. Middle step, all with assists, and Kylock Posta with a goal on the deflected shot from Cousins. Um, I do want to say Ryan Johnson looked great tonight. Yeah, yeah, nice assist to Dalian on his goal. And in general, he's just a great puck mover. Really, really good offensive defenseman, and I think he's held his own in his own end too. So, yep. yeah, another think, bright spot. I think the days of seeing Ryan Johnson in the press box are over. I hope so, man. I hope the days of seeing Eric Johnson on this team are close to being over. No, I, he's he's good good as gone at the deadline. I think he knows. Yeah, it. so he's gonna go to a contender. He could be a Maple Leaf for all yeah, we know. Well, it it is what it is. But another reason for optimism for the future. Ryan Johnson has been largely really really good in his first year. 
I liked Peyton Krebs' game tonight, too. I know Krebs, uh, he got an assist, but I think that he looked a lot more like the guy we expect him to be in that, that we were expecting to get back in that deal. His hands were a little bit more on display tonight. Uh, his vision, um, there were a couple shifts out there where I really noticed him from the time he stepped on the ice till the time he stepped off. Liked his game a lot tonight, too. Yeah, I, I think he he's not necessarily a guy that needs to be slotted on the fourth line his entire career. I could right. I could absolutely see him being a wing on the third line, uh, having a role on maybe the second power play unit. He's a really good playmaker when he's given the opportunity, especially when he plays with better players. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what we see from him moving forward. Couldn't agree more. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, kind of as, as we've said, uh, I think we're having an entirely different discussion if the the Stars and the Blues games go a little bit differently in terms of goal scoring. Uh, they would be right back in it. Be really excited, obviously, after a 7-0 win. And while it's encouraging, it's nothing to uh, latch on to quite yet. They need, absolutely need, to beat the Panthers at home on Thursday, which is not an easy task. They've been one of the best teams in the league for the past two months. And then you're on the road in a tough environment in, in Minnesota on Saturday. So if they can win those two, win their first uh, three games in a row for the first time this season, then you can start to get back and be excited and have legitimate reason for optimism. Starting with with UPL. Uh, the fact that he's taken control of this number one, number one starting job and he's looked as good as he has, that's the brightest spot for this team, along with obviously Paterka and Middlestead and the guys that have been producing. So... See what happens Thursday, and you go from there. Agreed. Uh, my final thoughts are not Sabres-related. Ovechkin becomes the oldest player in NHL history to go on a six-game goal streak, scoring wow. again tonight. Uh, really heating up there in the second half of the season after a really slow start. Um, Ovi Watch officially back on, I think. He'll probably have more than 20 goals if he keeps up at this pace. After didn't even look, we weren't even sure if he was going to score 20 at all a couple weeks ago. Um, and Anzi Kopitar, the single worst plus minus game of his career. He was a minus six tonight. Wow. Wild. Yes. And he was a plus. I mean, he, he was high up there. No, I'm sorry. No, no. He is the, that is the worst game in plus minus from a former Selkie winner. That's what it was. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. And it shows you how dominant, uh, every Sabres forward group at, and all the defensemen were tonight. They, Played an unbelievable game. So to do that to a guy like Kopitar, who at the game out here in L.A., I think it was his thousandth game, maybe? No, it must have been more. It was it was something ridiculous. They honored him before the game when the Sabres played out here. Um, he's a legend, and he's he's been doing it for a really, really long time, especially on the defensive end. So that, that says a lot. Agreed. Uh, with that being said, remember, guys, this is brought to you by – Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier market and tap room. Eight different Western New York locations with over 300 beers to choose from. Make sure you get over to Fatty Beer. Opening 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. and later with live trivia, music, entertainment, all eight locations, seven days and nights a week. Western New York's only kid and friend, kid and dog-friendly buyer. And, of course, Buffalo Go Apparel. One of the best places to get any of your all of any and all of your Buffalo sports apparel needs from your shirts, your hats, your hoodies. Make sure you go check out at Buffalo Logo Co. The producer of our own merch going forward. And if you check out their story and latest post, you'll see something new coming out uh, in terms of some Dominic Cash here. I think we're going to uh, need to make a we're going to need to make a six K shirt. I think you're right. I think that might be on the way. Maybe you can design that one. You come up with the design and I'll pitch it. I'll look into it. All right. I'll pitch it. We get a we get 20% kickback for anything anything they sell. So uh with that being said, this has been I'll hang up and listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company and Buffalo Go Apparel. Uh until next time. When's your next game, Connor? Thursday night at home against the Panthers. Thursday night at home against the Panthers. A very tough matchup. Would expect to see UPL in net again after his fourth shot of the season. We will talk to you, actually, uh, we'll talk to you Thursday night and potentially rip an episode on Friday. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, have a fantastic night.
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jaggin' Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.